Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Your coordination and sounds help you to stimulate around the eyes. Greatest and greatest wellness trends, treatments, and experience. Work that Magnesium is naturally found in foods like This is the Well and Good Podcast. Tune in to find the wellness that fits your frequency. Hi, Taylor Camille here, and this week we have a follow-up, a part two, if you will, to last week's story. If you recall, and if you listened, if you haven't, you should, last week we heard from writer, mother, and advocate Mary Rose Denton on choosing love. We're not talking anything other than unconditional love of a parent to their child and accepting their child for who they are. Her written piece and others can be found in the show description as well as on our site, along with a collection of other pieces for our Love Out Loud series for the month of June. And this week, we hear from her son, Jace, detailing his perspective on coming out as transgender, how he defines love, and how we can show up for one another. My name is Jace Denton. I am a a social worker in Olympia, Washington. I work at a homeless shelter for the past two and a half years. And I am a gender non-conforming person. You've mentioned you listened to it with your mom, but how did it feel to hear her retell what she calls your love story? I've heard it so many times now. It's like the like family story that you're like, oh god, not again. I've like heard this so many times. She always talks about this like phone call that I had with her. I honestly don't remember it. And she talks about telling me to walk, don't run, and I'm like, did you say that? I don't remember you saying that. She's my mom and I I love her. The biggest thing for me is that she has become such an advocate, not just on on like my behalf, but she works with the Skagit Valley P flag and is constantly like writing about it and talking about it and getting on podcasts and interviewing other people. And for me, that's the important part of the story. The first thing that I thought about when I listened to the podcast with my mom was that something that she left out was I didn't live at home by the time I came out. I moved out to go to college when I was 16. That was part of the reason I like came out to her over the phone. And part of being able to like feel comfortable coming out was due to the fact that I I had moved to Olympia and this is a a very 
like trans competent area. Like Evergreen is a very trans competent school. And so like the second that I got there, everyone was like, what are your pronouns? Like every single class that I went to started the first day of class asking what everyone's pronouns were. And it just became this like very normal thing. And I was like, I felt supported enough to be able to come out. But I had been like wrestling with all of those feelings for three or four years prior to that. I was raised in a fairly small town and I wouldn't say that it's like not an accepting area, but I was definitely the only openly trans person or like openly gender non-conforming person in my school. I I hadn't really come out in high school, but I, I was definitely like starting to present differently. And that was starting to gain some attention that I didn't really want at the time. I first started thinking about it or feeling like confused about it when I was 12 or 13. I, <laughs> I did a uh, track and field when I was in middle school. And that was about the time that I started like cutting my hair really short and like wearing really baggy like sweatshirts and really baggy jeans and stuff. And I, I remember at one point I like lined up to do the shot put and somebody was like, oh, boys shot put is over there. And I was like, wait, are you talking to me? I'm not, I am, but I'm not. Like, it's complicated. And I was like, I, I had this like moment where I was like, why does it feel good that they miss, that they mistook me for a boy? What is this feeling? And I didn't have the like the language or the terminology to describe what was going on. So I started doing a lot of like looking at stuff on YouTube and, and like reading stuff on Reddit and like talking to complete like strangers on the internet at 13 years old and learning a lot of the terminology through that and finding out that there were people who like had the same feelings that I did and that there were words to describe what I was going through. Terms like transgender, gender dysphoria, gender non-conforming, non-binary, learning that there were like procedures and surgeries and like medical things that I could go through to reflect on the outside how I felt on the inside. And I wasn't really prepared to have to then come out to my entire high school and explain all of that terminology to my teachers and the administration and like whoever else. I just want wasn't prepared to have to educate other people on it as well. And I didn't really know how to like have those conversations with people about, hey, the, like I'm going by this different name now, or these are my pronouns now. And when I moved to Olympia, I didn't even have to have those conversations because it was just a question that people asked everybody automatically. Like our professors would always take role the first day based off of everyone's last name. And then they would have us say what first name we wanted to go by just in case like the name in the administrative paperwork is not the name that we wanted to go by. It just made it completely normal for everyone 
to just state their pronouns. And then it doesn't make it this big deal for a tenth of the population or, or whatever to be like, oh, sorry, those are not, you need to call me something else. Did it ever cross your mind or have you ever wished that you were able to come out sooner? I don't necessarily regret not coming out sooner because I know that it like probably would have been really hard to do that in such a small town. And I probably would have gotten a lot of negative feedback for that. But I do regret not having the language to do it sooner or like not having the language to tell my mom sooner because I could have gone on like hormone blockers if I had known before I hit puberty or like I could have done a lot of things differently and not had to go through so many medical struggles now. I always tell other parents when they are going through a similar situation is it's totally normal for them to feel like this is a really rash decision or that it's not thought through all the way. But I always tell them, your kid has probably been thinking about this a lot longer. This isn't something that they just woke up one morning and were like, hey, mom, I think I'm a different gender. Like, they have been thinking about this for years. I thought about this for four years before I told my parents. I did not make it very obvious. Yeah, I, like, cut my hair really short. But at the same time, like, I would go out to parties and I would wear, like, tiny little skirts and tiny little, like, tube tops and tons of makeup. And, of course, there was a lot of, like, experimentation. And my mom talks in the podcast about how a lot of her friends were like, oh, this is just a phase. When I heard that, I was like, no, my, my phase was, like, four years ago. I think that my mom knew that when I came out, she knew that sort of like experimentation had already happened because I, even as a little kid, have always presented on both sides of the gender spectrum. And I've never really wanted to be into like just boys things or just girls things. I was like, I want to wear like pretty lace dresses and drive a dump truck or whatever it is that kids want to do, you know? Yeah. So you were already like, I don't fit your box. Stop yeah. trying. Yeah. And once I like had all of the like language to describe things, I was like able to look back at when I was like a little kid and be like, oh, that makes so much sense. Like, when I first started hitting puberty and I started to develop breasts, I hated it. I, I was like, I just want this to stop. I don't understand what's going on. And I never said anything to my mom about it, but I was definitely struggling internally. And then I, like, two or three years later found out that there are words to describe this. And I was like, oh, my whole life makes sense now. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. 
Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be Continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. How would you define love? Do you have a definition? It's like hard for me to define because there's that like familial love that I'm like, oh, like that's, you're born into it. And so it's just like automatic for me. Of course, I love my parents and I love my sister and I love like members of my family. But it, for me, brought up a lot of feelings about my partner because he's like the person that I've been with the longest and we're engaged. And it brought up that term that my mom talked about of this like unconditional love of I'm going to love you no matter what. It doesn't have like there's nothing attached to it. There's no I'm only going to love you if something And I think that is that maternal love that my mom talks about. What does living authentically look like to you? And how would you define that? It has a lot to do with making decisions based off of what's best for you and not necessarily what's best for other people. And of course, take other people into consideration. The world doesn't revolve around you, but what is best for you? For me... Like, coming out was the best thing for me, and taking testosterone was the best thing for me. And if those things really, truly impacted other people, then, like, maybe those weren't people that I needed around. I would define authenticity as not worrying about what other people think, which is really hard to do. Do you now feel like you don't care about what people think, or maybe less so? No, I worry about it all the time. (laughs) It's, I don't think that it's ever going to be something that I don't worry about. Yeah. What are your main worries? Oh, gosh. Um, Where do I, do you want that? Like numerical or alphabetical? In terms of transitioning and stuff, there's always a part of me that worries that people think I'm faking it. Especially with like, surgery and stuff becoming like more and more of a a reality and it's more accessible to me now than it was before. I was really struggling with like wanting to go through with this surgery, but not wanting to have this particular surgeon. And I explained it to my partner as I want the result, but I don't really want to go through the process. And that can bring up a lot of feelings of, do I really want this? Do, what are other people gonna think if I say this? When do you feel most loved and supported? I feel like the most loved when I see other people advocating for me or for trans rights in general or advocating for things that like really impact me. So like seeing my mom talk about it or any time that like my partner posts something on Facebook or any time that his sister posts something on Facebook or like any time one of my friends is like corrects someone on somebody's pronouns or any time that my coworkers advocate for something. 
I hope that people can find like pride in their accomplishments, even if they like haven't come out yet or if they're unsure or wherever they are, remembering that like they've accomplished a lot of things. Is there anything that you hope other people, particularly trans teens and parents of trans teens, take away from your story? I hope that trans teens can listen to it and and know that like there there are people that feel the same way that they do. And I hope that it gives to them what I didn't have in high school. And for parents, I hope that it educates them and takes the responsibility of that education off of their children. Because as a trans person, you spend your entire life educating people and it is so tiring. I hope that it creates conversations. I hope that it gives back to my community. On today's show, you heard from Jace Denton as a follow-up to our conversation with his mother and writer, Mary Rose Denton, whose piece and others live on wellandgood.com for our Love Out Loud series for the month of June. This episode was produced by Ella Dove, Kate Spees, and myself, Taylor Camille, along with many other hands and brains at Well and Good. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate, share. It really helps. Our mixing and scoring is done by our sound engineer, Joanna Samuel, and our theme music was created by Madeline Lakomsky and Matt DiDomenico. Our show art was designed by Jenna Gibson and Karina Masonette. Special thanks to Jess Friedman, Ali Short, Jen Snyder, and Cassie Wolfe.